Welcome to the Fabulous Five Podcast. The Fabulous Five Podcast is an inspirational show sponsored by New Covenant Believers dealing with five topics from week to week for 30 minutes. The five topics all begin with the letter F from where we get the title Fabulous Five. The five topics are as follows. Faith in Jesus Christ, family dealing with love, marriage, and relationships, finances consist of personal financial planning and business, Fellowship involving relationship with others in the body of Christ. Fatherhood dealing with parenting, mentoring, and leadership to our youth. The show will consist of teaching, inspirational speaking, or guest speakers from week to week. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Please join your host Frank Reed for this week's episode. Once again, welcome to the Fabulous Five, also known as the Fab Five, dealing with faith, family, finance, fellowship, and fatherhood. This week's on the Fabulous Five, we're going to talk about fatherhood, uh, fathers that are incarcerated. Today I have as my guest Bishop Dempsey Allen, who worked with the correctional system for several years, very well knowledgeable of, of the situation, and our interview guest. He's the pastor of uh, Jacob's Ladders Ministries in Saginaw, Michigan. Uh, well-known and well-respected uh, man of God. Uh, welcome to the Fabulous Five, Bishop Ballard. Thank you, Pastor. It's good to be with you this morning. Thank you. We're good to have you. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about fathers that are incarcerated and in the effect they have on the children and the family itself. Um, how, how much experience did you, what was your experience with the correctional system so people would know your background? I worked for the uh, Department of Corrections as a chaplain uh, at the Saginaw Correctional Facility. That was the only facility that I worked in as a chaplain for uh, 14 years. Aside from that, I had been a volunteer uh, within the prison system for oh, perhaps five years before that. And I continue to volunteer now that uh, I retired uh, just a little over 10 years ago. Uh, I've been active, uh, particularly in the Saginaw uh, uh, system. Uh, to God's credit, uh, I've had the privilege of baptizing over a thousand men in the name of Jesus during my time in the prison system, uh, numbers of men being filled with the Holy Ghost. And hopefully uh, that cementing within them uh, who they are in God and therefore who they can be as fathers. Amen, that's good to know that even though they have to do their time or what have you, Jesus dropped the charges. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think one of the, the most important aspects of, of what I had to do was to, uh, and what I wanted to do was to introduce Jesus. And, and in introducing Jesus, it wasn't uh, as if many of these men had not had some sort of information or background, but I wanted to introduce Jesus as a man. Mm -hmm. as a man who has gone through everything that they had gone through, but without sin. Mm -hmm. And a man that who, when they would put their trust 
in the God-man Jesus Christ and learn to pray and believe, have faith in their prayers that the Lord would ensure that their children were taken care of. Mm -hmm. The only uh, absence would be their daily presence, but they could pray God's blessings onto their families mm -hmm. and see a positive result. Amen. Jesus is able to bless in all situations. And the um, mm -hmm. reason why we bring the topic of fathers that are consecrated in the previous show that we did back in, uh, in May, we, it, with the children in school, I was interviewing uh, Elder Jonathan Wynn, and he had mentioned that many of the students, he worked with students in Flint, Flint Elementary School, many of their fathers were incarcerated, and that subject came up. And I also was reading uh, um, a book, Kingdom Man by Tony Evans. He put a quote in there, it said, around 70% of all prisoners come from fatherless homes. Approximately 80% of rapists with anger problems come from fatherless homes. And he also said in there, in, in, as a quote, and the prison population have risen, has nearly tripled from 1987 to 2007 to the highest, capital, highest per capita rate in the world. Talking about our prison system in the US, we spend over 52 billion a year on prisons. So we know that we're gonna come across individuals in our ministry that have um, been incarcerated or have been through a correctional process. How would you say by meeting with the fathers that you talk with, how does the, the absence of the father from the children um, hurt the family in total, the children and the fathers. What impact can you say that have had? Well, the the, the uh, first, uh, I think the, the first and meaning, most meaningful impact is uh, presence. Mm -hmm. If you're not present, if you're not there for the day-to-day -day raising and influencing of your children, uh, there is a huge loss there. Mm -hmm. uh, just uh, a, a bit of, of stats, and, 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 and the stat that I'm looking at is just one broken down racially. And when we look at where we are uh, in this country and uh, our criminal justice system, we can really see the disparate numbers of African or Black Americans that are involved in the system. Mm -hmm. and, and here in Michigan alone, while um, whites are 77% of the population in the state, mm -hmm. but they comprise only 44% of the prison population. Mm. Whereas blacks are 15% of the population and we comprise 53% of the prison population. So what you have is a, 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 a mass hurting, if you will, of men into a situation where they're in close contact and where if they don't have the strength and the wherewithal and an outlet to begin to view things differently, 
they are further indoctrinated with the lifestyle that they came from. Mm -hmm. I'm certainly not blaming these men wholeheartedly for what they've ended up in, but mm -hmm. we all know that our system is 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 broken. Right. We 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 know that. So that partly counts for that. But then mm -hmm. when you have second and third generation of households where men are not present uh, in the sense of living there and having an influence, it's devastating on the children. Mm -hmm. Devastating on the on the children, and I think that uh, we we like to divide our children by gender. I think that there is an equal uh, amount of devastation on girls as well as boys. Mm. Uh, Rhonda Kajufu wrote in his book uh, that if you don't grasp and hold tight and get the attention of a black boy by fourth grade, uh, you've lost him. Mm. probably end up in that um, school to prison pipeline. Likewise, girls without the evidence in the home of a, a man, uh, a, a respectful, upright man, um, I think that they lose something. And we as a society, we need to change how we view mm -hmm. role models. Uh, you can talk about role models and undoubtedly we and these agencies are looking for people who are professional with ties on and that's not the reality the role model is the man who lives next door that works uh in a um, factory but he keeps his yard neat mm -hmm. and we need to look at all of those aspects so for men in prison and and i dealt primarily with men, for men in prison, um, after helping them to overcome the guilt and the shame for being there, helping them to identify those things within that system that can help them. And it's really left up to the prisoner to do that because there is not a lot. It's the Department of Corrections, but very, very frankly, it's the Department of Confinement. Mm. There's very little done to rehabilitate. There are no penitentiaries in, in, in the United States. A penitentiary was a place to go to pay your debt. And after you paid your debt, you got out and you could rejoin society. Americans, the American system is not based on that model. Mm. That is a, a European model and we, we don't have that. We've never had that. So when a when a man is is in prison and away from his family first of all helping him to grasp the faith to know that he can still be impactful and that i think is is one of the major jobs that we have to do what mm -hmm. we've done is is involve churches uh from the outside to help come and bring the not just the gospel message but a disciples message how do we get men past accepting Christ and then to living for him? And believe me, it's prison is the hardest place to live for Christ and prison is the easiest place to live for Christ. If your mind is made up, mm -hmm. there are a few distractions and you can grow in grace and knowledge of God by leaps and bounds, if that's the route that you would choose. 
one of the things that I would always tell men is pray for your family. Mm -hmm. Pray for your children. And when you pray for them and you develop a lifestyle of prayer, if prayer becomes your mantra, you will be able to see the result of your prayers in the lives of your children. Because our God will not allow you to pray to him and he not answer. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great, you know, to wherever state you're in, to, to really recognize that God can reach you and you can be effective. It's dep it depends on your faith and your, your decision. You know, you mentioned um, by the fourth grade, the society is kind of turning their back upon on children. Um, I, I heard from several sources that they're building prisons based on third grade test scores. Absolutely. So what that's telling us that it's a society that already counted us out and is in most, a lot of the prisons, people don't know it, prisons are, are being uh, ran by not the government, but by private and private people, private investors. Yes. So it's big business too. So it's for profit in, in the private sector. Mm -hmm. and, and Michigan has experimented with that in several places and it was found to be disastrous. Right. While uh, the, the state system is not ideal, mm -hmm. it does provide a better base. But several things happened in the system. Uh, uh, when Once the incarceration of people became profitable, that opened the pipeline, of course, for more Black and Hispanics and even Native Americans, because each of those groups are disproportionately a part of the prison system mm. more than they are a part of the society overall. But when that became profitable, uh, we look at what, what happens around prisons. The prison in Saginaw is built in an area that had been rural. Mm -hmm. But once the prison came in, businesses began to flourish. Mm. Uh, a hotel was built to accommodate people coming from other areas of the state to visit at the prison and spend the night. Mm. Um, it, it, so there is a boom to the communities for uh, prisons being there. But at the same time, you have an influx of people working in prisons who perhaps uh, have no real concern for the development of the people that they're supervising. Yes. So if I can be blunt, you have a farmer whose farm goes bust, who's used to herding pigs, feeding pigs or herding cows, and he comes into the prison system as a corrections officer. Mm-hmm. And he handles them the same way he would handle the animals. Mm. So there's no real concern. Wow. And I've said a person works in a prison for one of two reasons. You work there because you love people or you work there because you hate people. Mm. Not much of an in-between. So if a prisoner is going to gain anything, it's really left up to that prisoner to go for it. Go after it. Because wow. the budget cuts 
uh, there aren't many opportunities to gain uh, skills, uh, productive work skills. Mm -hmm. You will learn many more skills about how to continue and not get caught the next time in the crime that you may have committed. Mm -hmm. But there's not a lot of productive growth that would make you a um, uh, value to the community or to your family. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back in a few minutes after this message. If you'd like to contact us at the Fabulous Five Podcast to leave your prayer requests, concerns, or comments, you can do so at the following. Email frankreed at fabs5.org. That's Frank, R-E-E-D, at F-A-B, the number five, the letter S, dot org, or phone number 248-905-1569. That's 248-905-1569. And at our website, fabs5, forward slash contact, please fill out the contact form and submit. We also can be reached on social media at Fabs Fives Podcast. That's F-A-B, the number five, the letter S, Podcast, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The Fabulous Five Podcast is a ministry of New Covenant Believers. All funds will go to New Covenant Believers for sponsoring of this Fabulous Five Podcast. If you'd like to donate to our ministry, you can do so at paypal.me forward slash F-A-B, the number five, the letter S, or cash out, dollar sign, F-A-B, the number five, the letter S, or at our website, fast5.org, and click on the donate button. Thank you for your financial support and your prayer. Most of the times, you know, we, sometimes even in the church, we um, have a judgmental spirit, and everybody do wrong, does something wrong, have sin. It may have not broken the law, but you have sin. And sometimes we just disregard people, but are there really good men? Some men are there, maybe they're falsely accused. We have some of that going on. You may could touch on that. But even after the crime is committed, are there good men in prison? Oh, absolutely. I, I'm a, a, a man who has a quiver of God's sons mm -hmm. who were, <coughs> excuse me, who were in prison all over the country now. They were in prison here in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And these are men who did make mistakes, but they wanted to better themselves after the mistake. So in my church, one of the pastors in my church uh, was incarcerated mm -hmm. for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I would not trade him for anyone. Amen. For the man that God has made him to be. Made him to be. I had know of, of several cases of men who were incarcerated falsely. Mm -hmm. There's a young man in Detroit area who did 20 years in prison for a murder that he didn't commit. Mm. And it was only at the death of the person that did the murder that a witness came forth and said, he not, he's not the one that did it. So after 20 years, this young man went to prison at about age 21, came home to Detroit mm. 
for a weekend from college and never went back. Never went back. Prison. He's out of prison now and he's starting his own business uh -huh. in the city of Detroit. So there are plenty of good men and there were plenty of bad men who wanted to make it good right i i no. Uh, we have in the church lord help us because we can be so pharisaical in our yeah. view mm -hmm. we can be so narrow-minded in our view and we look at those people whose sins have been made public as wrong while we continue to hide ours. Mm. Wow. We got to believe in redemption for all. Absolutely. And there are some men that are being redeemed in the in the prison system that we need to. I, I really believe we have to give them a second chance in There's society. A, that's right. There's a young man in the city of uh, Detroit who got out of prison began to work for the government. This young man is now a state representative from the Detroit area mm. in the Michigan legislature. Wow. He Man. had a six digit number. If there's ever a story of Joseph to be told, that's one of them. Mm. Amen, Joseph. Amen. So, and you know what? And we also got to look at those that have um, did their time, came out, and, and God have favored them, and they reconnected with their family. Oh, absolutely. I have uh, had the privilege of marrying two men who, uh, while in prison, uh, stayed in contact with uh, their wives prior to marriage. And after uh, getting out of prison, they worked and uh, hard at, at bringing that union together and marrying these women. One of them, they have a child uh, um, since, uh, since they've been out, since he was, he's been out and married. The other couple had a child at two before they went in. Mm -hmm. Before he went in, and now that family is united, they reunited as a family unit. Those, my my man, those are the things that I love to see. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that let me know that our God yet reigns. Our God yet reigns. If we can give ourselves to Him, we can work. Hallelujah! Our lives in a way that is pleasing to God. He will make it all right. You will make it all right. What we need to do is now work on our society to accept people back when they come mm -hmm. and to bring about some restoration. If there's one thing that we love in the church, we love to shout about God restoring. Right. Well, these men and women that get out of prison need also that restoration mm -hmm. of God in areas of their lives. And we as the society on the outside oftentimes stand in the way of that. Yes, we we sure do. And we got to believe that God, he also came to set the captives free. Absolutely. Whether you're spiritually captive or naturally captive, he, he, he's merciful. We have to have mercy for they that 
they that uh, show mercy shall obtain mercy. Absolutely. Blessed are the merciful. You know, we, we see that um, we hear of a lot of things happening in the, our system of law and it seems like there, there's two sets of laws for minorities in the majority and the rich and the poor. Um, how have you, far speaking to some of the inmates or whatever, seen that, because I, I went to a, a case for one of, one of the guys at, at our church and, and I was kind of upset because they gave him a court-appointed attorney and they were, everybody knew each other, the prosecutor, the judge, and the court-appointed attorney, and they were just flipping cases. Absolutely. And see, a lot of that happens, and we that are, that don't know what goes on in the system, all that happened behind closed doors, yet it locks up a lot of African-Americans and Latinos up yeah. in prison. You know the stats that, that I that I gave you earlier mm -hmm. uh, show that uh, I was just looking at a uh, report from Washington County that says that a man, an African American, a black man, is ten times more likely to be convicted of a felony than a white. Mm. And then wow. we see, just by watching television in the last few months, mm -hmm. we can see how a mere traffic stop can end up in a in a murder, a lynching, a street lynching, or imprisonment. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and those things are done because the uh, the law enforcement officer in charge does not have a humane view of mm -hmm. the person that he should be supervising. So our whole system, oh my God, from the top down, not from the down up, from mm -hmm. the top down needs to be changed. And uh, we, we've been praying at our church, Second Chronicles uh, uh, 7, about Hear, God hearing us, our humbling ourselves. 714. 714, and the church needs mm -hmm. to humble themselves and pray. We prayed last right. night uh, in our prayer Bible study, and I was saying to the saints, don't pray what you see. Pray the change you want to have happen. Amen. Because if you keep watching the news, mm -hmm. your prayer life is going to diminish. Right. Because you're going to think that there's no hope. But Jeremiah told us that every every day there's new hope. There's new hope, yes. And also we got to be on the offensive, know about these issues, and, and pray about them. And a lot of times in, in, in America, we're looking so much at the presidency, in the legislature, but nobody's looking at what's going on in the judicial branch. That's right. And we see very much today how the judicial branch can impact all of the other branches of government. Mm -hmm. And right down to us. 
And then we have to look at, at our ability to impact change locally. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I serve on a, one of the local school boards and I'm the only black American on the school board. Mm. And opening the eyes of my white counterparts to see how systemic racism and inequities are involved in the system is a very difficult job to do because as soon as you say that something is racist, they want to say, well, I'm not racist. You know, one, one person uh, in, in one of the meetings, a person said, well, there was this black kid that didn't have tennis shoes and I bought him a pair of tennis shoes. Okay, that's an individual act of kindness. Right. But if you sit on the school board and you don't ensure that the testing is equitable, mm -hmm. you're not making a way for this young man to someday buy his own tennis shoes. Right. That's correct. And and then you got to look at, when we look at this, when children are going to school without knowing their father's in prison, and sometimes... The statement was made by uh, in a previous interview with Jonathan Wynn on fatherhood, he, and he deals with a lot of children as a social worker. And he's dealing with the teachers. You can't say to the children that they may end up in prison like such some story that they've seen on TV because their dad may be in prison. Oh, of course, yeah. And he's just letting them know uh, you got to use better ways to communicate what can you know communicate consequences to them because their reality is their dad their uncle and grandfather all may be in prison yes and that's a reality yes you and know, so. and then they they to further deepen that reality there's not anyone in this country black or white who has not been impacted by someone in their family mm -hmm. that's been to prison. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't have to search far for that. Right. Now, if, if a person is, is uh, uh, on, the, on the docket to go to trial for a particular crime and then they're allowed to go to a military school, that's just like going to prison. Mm -hmm. If they're allowed to opt out of the jail time and go to the military, that's the same. And back in the day when I was a teenager, that would often happen. Mm -hmm. Rather than face the consequences and go to jail, you could go to the military. And I think that that was a good thing. It helped men to mature. It helped us mm -hmm. to uh, get a wider view of who we are and how we fit. Mm -hmm but our communities are in a large part closed in. Our communities are deserts, food deserts, resource deserts. Mm. And it those that run big business and big, I mean, and you go to any city where uh, we live, yeah. where, where black Americans live in mass and look at their communities mm. and look at the boarded up buildings and the closed uh, facilities and the schools that are not functioning mm -hmm. is a, a devastating reality. 
And yes. it, it all wraps around us as a people gaining the strength from the only source mm -hmm. that can really help us. And that's God. And that's God. And we have many churches in, in our communities, but no one's really coming together. I like what you said about your prayer that you had last night, which you was telling them, don't look at the news all day. That's going to affect your prayer life. We have to go on the offensive far as with our prayers, what we want to see. Absolutely. And as we get involved in what we want to see corporately in prayer, God will show <laughs> us what's going on. You're right. And we could pray against it before it happened or tear down principalities that have, um, that is big business hiding behind some of the things that are happening. We could get insight on that. We can, we can get insight on it. And, and one of the things that I say, Pastor, often is we need to take the genie out of Jesus. Mm. So many of us Christians, it doesn't mean that we're not Christians, but we're not growing. And we consider Jesus a genie that we can just rub on and get what we want when we want it. Yeah. And after we get what we want, we put him back on the shelf until we want something else. Mm -hmm. But our prayer life will open our eyes, the eyes of our understanding, so that we can see the problems that our salvation has called us to impact. Yes. If we're going to be like Jesus, we got to do some things. You know, Jesus went into the temple and turned over the tables. Right. We need to turn over some things in these in these institutions that we're dealing with. You know, I heard of several ministries. Um, Pat Francis' ministry in Toronto, Canada, and this is what she got in prayer um, when there was some years ago when she started a ministry. She was, she had concern for the children, so Lord put it in her heart to to uh, talk with the judges to let her have the children that come into her program and she would turn them around. And she had a program for as um, helping the children, you know, be successful, go, get to high school and the college. And some became MBAs and MBAs and property owners and financial consultants and things of that nature. But that's the instance in which we, after we pray about it as a church, we also have to implement some things. Absolutely. But a lot of that is, is we got to come together, recognize that our system is broke. We, we kind of like, um, in a way in our community, it's kind of like Jerusalem when it was burned down and, and the walls was in, walls was in rubble and buildings was, was just burnt to ashes and they had to rebuild. Yet they had a heart to rebuild. Yes. You know, that's what we got to have. We recognize it and have a heart to rebuild and realize it is affecting our next generation. You know, that our next generation will have some hope. That's right. You know, because when you have these numbers and they're increasing and um, 
and you have children without the affirmation, not only the affirmation, but the support. When yeah. you have a person, one of the individuals nowadays that's incarcerated, that's income that's not coming into the family. Absolutely. But it's also income that's going to, uh, to assist in that military industrial mm -hmm. correctional complex. Right. So where we've lost uh, a lot of manufacturing and automotive mm -hmm. uh, jobs in our metro areas, uh, prisons are now in place. Uh, look at Detroit, where uh, mm. there are two prisons back to back. Wow. Uh, Mound and, and Ryan. Mm -hmm. uh, these prisons literally butt against each other. And they are in an area that used to be highly, uh, a high, high manufacturing area. Mm -hmm. So it's, but we can't be lazy. Right. We, we've got to we've got to pray for the answers and once god gives the answers we need to know that if god gave us the answer he certainly will equip us to do what's required uh it, uh first thessalonians 5 tells us that mm -hmm. hallelujah faithful is he they called you who also will do it he will do it he will do it he would do it. But God needs us. He needs our hands and our feet. He needs our mouth. Mm -hmm. He needs us to move in the direction of, of justice and healing. Right. And we, we also really, really got to realize in the church that it's a lot of people that came up through Sunday school, youth departments, made mistakes or, or got a bad deal that's incarcerated now. And you got to look at it. They are still your members. They are, but they're beat up because now I'm, a, I'm a bishop, but I'm going to say it. They're beat up because the theology that they were fed constantly didn't leave any room for error, even though we look at Jesus as our Savior. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't leave any room for people to make mistakes. If you make a mistake and you're supposedly saved and you make that mistake, we're through with you. Yes, that's it. That's it. You know, so it's been a great time speaking on this subject. Hopefully we're going to make even those that are in church aware of the problem to pray about it, to not only pray about it, but to do something about it and to really look at the candidacy of who you vote for and get involved with what's going on locally in your community. Right. Um, because it don't have to be that way, but we have to voice our voice. But if you ain't there, you can't voice your voice. That's you know, right. would, would you take this time and, and just say a prayer for families that are broken and um, those that are incarcerated in their families and um, just that we we'll see redemption? Sure, sure. God, Father, as we come first, I thank you for uh, the awesome opportunity and door that you've opened and privilege that you've given to me uh, to share my own thoughts and insights with Pastor Reed and the listening audience. Oh, God, may something that we have discussed today open, oh, God, the 
opportunity for others to be involved and to move in the area of social justice, which you also call us into. So Father, I pray for those men and women who are locked in prison. And I pray even the more for their families and their children that are left out and left behind. I'm praying, oh God, that you, the God of all grace, will spur in the hearts of men and women to pray always and not faint, mm -hmm. not to give up this good fight of faith, Yes. but to pray knowing, oh God, that you are able to do anything but fail. Yes, Lord. Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh God, and after they pray to you, with their whole heart, you will be found in them. Hallelujah, Lord. And you said that uh, you would return them back to the place where yeah. you caused them to be carried away captive. Yes, Lord. So help us, God. Help, help us. men, oh God, to know that they are still the providers and the priests of their homes. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lord. So Jesus. as a priest, if they pray for their families, you being the God of all grace, will ensure that their families are cared for. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for not giving up, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for knowing that you called us into this great way of salvation mm -hmm. to make a difference. So, so Lord, equip us with your will, with your word, with your wisdom, that we may impact our world and bring change, oh, because you are our soon returning king. Yes, Lord Jesus. Help us. Help us, oh God, in the fields and in the vineyard to bring in such that would be saved. We pray. Father, I pray for the ministry that you've given to Pastor Reed. Uh, thank you, oh God, for his courage I thank you, oh God, for his stepping out. I thank you, oh Lord, for him opening new avenues for people to hear and to learn and to grow. Bless him to continue. And we thank you, Lord, in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Fabulous Five podcast known as the Fab Fives. We've been interviewing Bishop Dempsey Allen from Saginaw, Michigan of Jacob's Ladders Ministries in Saginaw, Ministry, Michigan, where he's the pastor and former chaplain of the Michigan Correctional Facility on fatherhood and how it impacts our community, our families, and hopefully we see redemption as, as we continue to pray and take action. Once again, we thank you for being on the show, Dempsey, Pastor Dempsey. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. And, and we, we, we thank you for the conversation. And we'll see you next week. And God bless. Thank you for listening to the Fabulous Five podcast, also known as the Fab Five. We can be reached at our website, fabs5.org. That's the letter F-A-B, the number five, the letter S, dot org. Also, you can see our other social media links there. You can listen to our other episodes once again at our website, fabs5.org. 
That's the letter F-A-B, the number five, the letter S, dot org. Please join us next week for our next episode. May God bless you and heaven smile upon you.